I think you really should consider coming to the Unlocked Conference. It will expose hidden potential that you didn't realize that you had. And so if you come to the Unlocked Conference, you will be propelled to the next level. If I could think of one word about the Unlocked Women's Conference, I would have to say refreshed. Anytime I attend the conference, which is every year because I don't want to miss it, I just leave feeling so refreshed for my purpose, for what God's called me to do. It unlocks the things that you know deep down in your spirit, but maybe you're not walking in, and it just brings you to a new place with God, and so it's so powerful. So I really want to encourage you to make plans to attend the Unlocked Women's Conference. Don't miss it. You are going to leave renewed and refreshed and changed like never before. It's the most encouraging time of the year. It's the time that I get to be refreshed and renewed in the spirit of God and all his promises that he has for me. It gives me hope for my future and the future for my family. I learn new things and new ways to go deeper in the spirit of God so that I can be effective in my walk with him. 
I encourage everyone to make plans to attend this year's Unlocked Women's Conference, hosted by our pastor, Beverly Bilbo. The one thing that I could say about the Unlocked Conference, it is refreshing um, in a world where especially women feel so overwhelmed with motherhood and work and mommy duties and mimi duties and wifely duties. It is a real refresher for the soul and the spirit. And I just want to urge everybody, if you can, to attend the Unlocked Conference. You will not be disappointed. are you this morning? Well, I am excited to be here. To God be the glory. I'm excited to see you. And we're going to open up. Thank you and welcome to Unlocked Women's Conference. So I'm going to tell you um, one of the things that uh, the, this brand, this name means in terms for me, um, just unlocking some things that God has for us and for me personally, uh, one of the things is discovering that um, our life goes in seasons. So the season that I'm in, thinking in terms of what is being unlocked, right? Um, I think of Second uh, Peter 1, as God has called to me to remind me constantly of my assignment as a believer. Um, as, as, you know, the prophecies that we have received for our lives personally throughout the years, the prophecy and the times that Pastor Garland has been preaching on and um, Pastor Beverly has been preaching on for months now, knowing and identifying the time and the season in which we are in through the word of God given to the prophets, right? So as we move forward through this conference, I want you to tap into and allow the Holy Spirit to unlock what he has called you to do. Your assignment is not wrong. If it is of God and it is aligned with his word and it was given to you by the men and women of God that have been assigned as being true prophets, then you follow that calling and you stay with that assignment. And if you see opposition, unbearable opposition, you are going in the right direction. So with that being said, I'm going to talk to you and introduce one of the most phenomenal intercessors that I have ever met in my life. She has an, an Anna anointing. If you know who Anna is... <laughs> then you know the type of intercessor Anna was. And we have been listening and uh, reading and talking about Anna for a minute now. And I can honestly see that anointing on her and the intercessory prayer that she leads at our church. So I want you to sit back. If you have your beautiful bags that were given to you, inside of that bag is a beautifully anointed notepad along with an anointed pen. And you're getting ready to receive an anointed word from an anointed woman. So as we move forward through this conference, please take notes from everyone that you're hearing because they have been called to be here 
and placed in position by our pastors to be here because they've heard from the Holy Spirit to allow them to be here. So with that being said, I give you Miss Mary Bangs. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, Kimberly, for those nice words. I'm so excited to be here. What, a, what an exciting time. I woke up this morning, and I have this in my notes, but I'm hearing the Lord say, what is today? And he said, today is the day of my power. So that's what I've been celebrating all morning long. Today's the day of your power. Today's the day of your power. Today's the day of the power. This is the day of the power. This is the day of the power. Amen, right? Amen. Right. So get in that flow. Get in that flow. You got your key today? I got my key, my little, I took the gold. And um, we're going to be unlocking keys throughout the whole conference today. So open, let God open your heart and unlock inside of you. You get so much in you that God wants to develop and use for his glories. You've got talents, skills, and ability. God wants to do all that. So let him unlock every avenue of your life. Just be open for everything and anything throughout the whole conference. You're going to get all kind of uh, like gold nuggets being dropped out from each person that speaks today. So let's just um, enter his presence with worship for a minute and just Praise the Lord God, I just worship you today. We just invite your presence here. We just ask you, Holy Spirit, to open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts. God, our desire this morning is for you and you alone. That's why we're here. Oh, God, just unlock every avenue of our heart today. Take us deeper into your word, deep, 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 Lord, deep, deeper into your understanding, God. We want to learn more about you and your ways, Lord. We want to reflect you in every area of our life. We give you praise and glory this morning. Amen. Okay, I'm going to take you to Luke 24, 32. And the word said, did not our hearts burn within us while we talked with him? He walked with us by the way, and he opened up the scriptures to us. We are ignited with fire in our hearts simply as we talk with Jesus, and he opens up his word. Without the fire of God, we live without passion. Passion is hunger. It's a longing. It's a yearning. It's for more of the greater intimacy for God and a pursuit for his fullness. The blazing fire of God is going to burn within us. He's going to capture our hearts and set us on fire for him. He's going to stir your spirit and keep you hot and burning. The passion is the fuel in the fire of action. When our desires are filled with passion, it'll bring about the greatest results. It will cause you to be good at everything that you try to do. It will cause you to push through difficult times because it will say, whatever I try to push for, whatever it takes, that's what I want to do to get better. Because of passion, you go above and beyond. You really don't um, care about anything else but just going toward that one desire. We need passion to accomplish. And where there's no passion, we're not able to stand. You will know that obstacles will, will stop you, but with the passion, it won't. It, nothing will get in your way. It ignites you. It accelerates you. And it adds value to the world. And there's nothing more rewarding than doing what you're called to do. Christ places power and authority in the hands of the church. 
He urges the church that prayer and supplication and intercession is to, for the Lord to all people. When our passion is for prayer and it becomes the thrust of our ministry, then our churches will be unstoppable. Prayer is the pathway to glory. Because when Solomon was praying, fire came down from heaven and the glory came and filled the temple. We were talking about Anna, and I put her in my notes, and it says, like Anna, she poured out herself for years praying in the temple, leading up to the coming of the Messiah. She was devout. She was gifted. She was a prophetess, and she was guided by divine providence to come to the temple at the right time to see the salvation of the Lord. When Anna prayed, she had a longing. She had a, a longing for the redemption of the promise through the Messiah. This hope of national deliverance sustained her through more than four decades of being patiently waiting for the birthing of Jesus. She was grateful, and she was ceaseless in her prayers. She waited for the day of the spiritual deliverance had come. When we look at the age of Jesus, he, that he was just being born when she saw Jesus. So this means she was at Jesus' baby dedication. That's what we call it today, a baby dedication. And Anna and Simeon was there. One would think that she birthed, me and Kimberly were talking about, she birthed the ministry of Jesus. Can you imagine? All those years was for what he was going to do. That's amazing. And that's what we are to do. We are to pray and travail so the ministry of Jesus would be released in our hearts and to the light, to be a light for people. As seen in Isaiah 62, 6, God set watchmen who will cry unto him night and day and will not be silent, but give him no rest until he establishes his own elect. As we know, the world is in a desperate situation right now, and the gap is broadening rapidly. The Lord expects us to intercede and stand in the gap and be a repairer of the breach. Abraham stood for Lot. Moses stood for Israel. Aaron stood between the living and the dead, and Jacob prayed all night, wrestling with God until God blessed him. Like those, God wants us to be in intercession too and to learn what intercession can do because everything that Jesus did was a direct result of his prayer life. They would see him slip away a great while at daybreak to pray. They would know he was on the mountaintop praying all night, toiling when the storms were going by. Judas even knew that things were coming down, and he could find him in the garden praying. We as disciples of Jesus know the importance of prayer, and like the disciples, the weaknesses of praying. We know that we should be people of prayer, yet so often the disciples, when Jesus was sorrowful to death, he asked them, can you not even watch for one hour? And he found their eyes heavy, and they were asleep. He said, the spirit will, is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. So we say, Lord, teach us to pray. We know the power of prayer, and we also know the struggles with praying. I think the reason the enemy would rather us do just about anything else but pray, he would rather us maybe teach. He would rather us read a Christian book. He would rather us talk about spiritual things to someone than to pray. So we get distracted even with good things that keep us from the best because the enemy knows there is power in prayer, but yet none of these things would be effective without prayer. God is still seeking those who will stand in prayer. 
for our family and our friends and for the nation so that he could rise them up. He's looking and he waits for his children to give themselves to the highest and the holiest of work. He's counting on them. He is training up a great army of men and women to fulfill his word, who will strengthen that army and take the kingdom by force. God is looking for those this hour who will be distinguished by the greater works. We're about to be taken into a next level. The key to being productive is to contend for the supernatural healings and fighting the unseen war so Christ can heal. This requires faith, tenacity, and dedication. He's saying, arise today, arise and shine, and let your light come, and the glory of the Lord will be risen upon you. There's an attack on the intercessors of slumber, confusion, and mental fog and fatigue. Moses grew weary in prayer, but the priest held up his arms so that Joshua could fight the battle strong. Luke 9:28. Jesus took Peter, James, and John, went up into a mountain to pray, and as they were praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flashing lightning. The two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared with glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. Well, this would be the greatest conference ever, wouldn't it, Ben? So here you have the greatest speaker, Moses, in the law, who delivered them from bondage. You have Elijah the prophet, who delivered them from false gods. And you have Jesus, who came to fulfill the law and the prophets and who would die to set us free from bondage and sin and death. So the topic would have been Jesus and all would accomplish in Jerusalem while he was there. And this was going on while all the disciples were asleep. Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep, the Bible says. But when they fully awoke, they saw his glory. We can see the church is lying down. Eyes are not looking and head is heavy with cares of this life. They are somewhat awake, but not lively. And Jesus was praying his raiment changed like lightning. I know when I wake up and I'm not fully awake and the light comes on, I have to get my focus. They woke up. We will arise from my sleep and see the glory. And while he was speaking, a cloud appeared and enveloped around them. And they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came from the cloud saying, this is my son. Choose him and listen to him. The cloud comes a particular presence of God. The voice of the Father is declaring Jesus as Son of God to pay attention to him and to listen and hearken to his words. In order to hear and see and know the glory, his magnificence, his splendor, and his radiance, his grandeur, and his honor to magnify him and bless his name. This glory is revealed in the person of Jesus and through the word. So we too could be transfigured. We can have inner renewal as we mirror him and behold him, the word. We see that our Lord was praying, which suggests that one of the keys to transformation is through prayer. Now David was at Ziglag, and the enemy invaded them, and they burned down with fire, and they took the women and the children captive. And it says that trouble came when they were absent. The Amaleks surrounded the city to take them at an advantage of. They could do it because they were left unguarded. They plundered it. They burned it. They took them captive, and David wept, it said, until he had no more power to weep. He went before the Lord and inquired of the Lord, what shall I do now? My family's been captured. He said, pursue 
pursue, and recover all. God wanted David not to let the attack stop him, but to move forward against them. And he would take it back and overtake them, what the enemy has stole. Many people are absent in praying, and they give up too easily when the prayer is not answered. Maybe because they wanted the prayer answered their way. Or maybe because they didn't mix it with faith, or the devil stole their faith in the waiting. Many disciples walked no more with God and went back, it said. But who would they go to when he is the fountain of life? Luke 18 says, men ought always to pray and not to give up. An example, Jesus told of a woman who cried to the judge night and day, speaking of injustice. It was done to her in her pain. She brought her pain before the judge and the world and God. To pray is not giving up. It is not like a to-do list before God that you could sit back and magically God would fix everything. Some believe prayer is convincing God by all our flattery and our persuading or wearing down God of what he, we ask for. That makes God somewhere out there that he's not aware of what's going on or he's uncaring about our needs. We think we need to persuade God to act or to show up in a way or say the right words or to be good enough for our prayers to be answered. That is not what it means about prayer at all. He is nothing like the unjust judge. God is waiting for us to trust him in his word until he acts. And we wait before God in keeping us from losing heart but showing up each day as we are waiting in prayer so that we can receive from him and be there when God acts. Many people leave prayer, and they're not there when God decides, all right, today's the day I'm going to do it. Where are you? So we have to be there when God is ready to act. This one thing made me more intent to focus on the true purpose of prayer is because prayer is done in faith. It literally moves the hand of God. What our prayers accomplishes are astounding. Many defined moments were a result of somebody praying. The power of fervent prayer has divided seas and rolled up rivers, made rocks gush from fountains, quest, quest, quenched, I'm sorry, quenched flames of fire, muzzled lions, disarmed vipers and poison, marshaled the stars against the wicked, stopped the course of the moon arrested the sun in its rapid pace, burst open iron gates, released souls from eternity, conquered the strongest devils, commanded legions of angels down from heaven, bridled chains from the raging passions of man. It routed and destroyed vast armies of the proud. It said it brought one man from the bottom of the sea and carried up another one in a chariot of fire. It opens the wounds for those to conceive. It causes rain to stop and start again. It extends the life on a deathbed. It binds and sets ambush against the enemy, and it cures diseases. Who said that prayer is not effectual and avails much? God said it's not time to stop praying. It's not time to quit. It's time to get hold of God so the battle can be won. Some are saying, I feel like I'm going under. I am overwhelmed right now. But God says, you're not going under in this storm. Remember, I told you that we're going over to the other side. So don't get distracted. We must be focused. The enemy has targeted you, for he knows the strategic keys that you hold to unlock territories for the kingdom. 
Many are at the brink of breakthrough. So rise up and take your sword. This is not the time to lay down your sword. Surround yourself with others and strengthen your stand. Joel seeks the crisis of the day, and he is a sensible person, and he looks at life from a standpoint of God's word. And he said, wake up, weep, call a fast, blow the trumpet, warn the people to assemble, repentance, pray, believe his promises, and the Lord would fight for them and do great things. You're going to be moved by prayer as God is releasing an anointing for intercession on the highest level. We're at a crossroads of time right now in transition, and we need prayer more than ever. Saints are being mobilized to pray across the country. Great swells of prayer meetings are beginning to take place, and some are being led by outstanding radicals who have one goal and one mindset is to establish the kingdom on earth. Even a release of intercession by a rising senior citizens. Intense intercession and prophetic worship will proceed and prepare the way for the move of God, the manifestations, and the unveiling of God's glory. We must recognize what the Bible teaches us on prayer and that our prayers hold great prominence before the throne. The Word of God tells us that prayer truly accomplishes more than what we can imagine. So don't let Satan attack your prayer life. Look at Daniel, who was thrown into a lirony pit because he prayed. The devil sees how effective prayer is, and he tries to stop him. He didn't want him praying three times a day. When you pray, expect results to be released, a response from heaven. Engage yourself and pursue, pursue. Take steps of faith. Rise up and remember what Christ had done on your behalf. Rise up in the fullness of expectation so that God could work in your life in unusual ways. You will know that he is with you and will bring you to victory in this season and beyond. A stationary condition will stump your growth and development. It's time to break out of the mindset that has got you stuck. Rethink your condition and do whatever it takes to break out the monotony that lacks interest. As I was awakening from a sleep, and many of you are going to kind of relate to this because you've heard somebody else say this, I saw in a dream a sudden blast, and it was like an explosion, a starburst with a red center, and it took me by surprise. And as I caught my breath, I believe this represents the fire of God coming on the earth, a sonic blast. The red in the center is the heart of his love bursting with intensity for you. He's awakening us and raising us up to decree, to bring forth a great shifting and a shaking and a rearranging to prepare, prepare us for the revealing. Yes, it is an awakening, but it is our awakening, his revealing. Our awakening, but his revealing. Nehemiah did not repair the walls by himself. When Nehemiah heard that the Jewish people were in danger because there were no walls to protect them from the enemy, he did something about it. He heard God's call, and he acted. Today, it's our turn. It's our turn to fight, and we must win. Your help, your voice is what cannot be silenced in prayer. There are many devices to unlock things. Let your voice be the activation to unlock areas of your life and others by declaring and decreeing. God wants to use you. There's an assignment inside of you. You are predestined to fulfill for the kingdom. You must release the power of God, and you will prosper. You have been chosen for such a time as this. 
to accomplish something special for the kingdom. This is the time of destiny that you will fulfill your potential. It may require more than you expected to give, but in return, you will get more than you expected. In this new season, for the mighty manifestations of God's glory, increase signs and wonders as we desire to see and experience him in a greater way. To be transported into a higher realm, you will find in the presence of the king. And when you do get in that presence, in that higher realm, you will find hot hearts, passionate workers, and um, just worshiping, passionate work, work, I said workers, but I mean worshipers, desiring to be the vessel through which the anointing is released and imparted. Because they are exposed and they have tasted of the glory. This is our constant prayer, more God, more God. So what day is this? My children, he asked, is it not the day of my power? I have called you to the forefront of this hour to proclaim the day, to proclaim the way, and to release a blessing. I say to you that the seeds for Jubilee blessing have been sown according to my word, and I will fulfill what I have spoken, and I will go forth in the harvest of that which has been sown. You know that I am faithful in all of my ways, Freely give and watch the harvest come and receive what, I have, what has been given to you. If you put away your distractions and determine to live your life within the framework of my spirit, I will bring you to a higher level of spiritual sensitivity, and I will open to you the revelations of my kingdom that you could not have imagined. But when your focus is on the world and fleshly desires, your spiritual life will suffocate. You must choose, says the Lord. So we ask you, Father, today for your prayer warriors that will come boldly and confidently without intimidation, Lord, into your presence. Empower them. Give them strength, I pray, Lord. Give them a passion this morning, Lord, to stand in prayer before you. I release a fresh baptism this morning, Lord, a fresh anointing this morning, a fresh word of your power, Lord, today. To accomplish more for your kingdom, Lord. Give us insight. Give us revelation, Lord. Bring us to a higher level of prayer as we sense the Holy Spirit today. God, bring us into union today with the church and the body together as we unite in prayer. Give us the authority in prayer, we pray in Jesus' name. Let us be determined, Lord. Thank you, God, that your guiding us is satisfying our hearts. Amen. Amen. I want to release an anointing today and activation and impartation for any of intercessors feel like they want their um, spirit stirred. I want to do that. I want to pray. I want to lay hands. Uh-huh.